0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Jim, thanks for joining me. Good to see you. Happy to be here, Brian. So if you've been helped by the podcast, um, would you uh, let us know that by going to iTunes and writing a review for us? You can also go to practicalshepherding.com and go to the contact page and write us. If you have questions you would like for us to tackle on the podcast, that's another great way to get that to us. You can also reach us through social media but we like to try to take your questions that's been a big part of a lot of the most recent episodes that we've done. And so thanks for listening and supporting us the way that that you do. We we want to jump right into the topic, Jim, and and we want to think about something that is an important topic in regard to pastors, their life and their 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 public preaching ministry as well. And that is how much do pastors share about their struggles in their life? specifically, I think we could talk about both, but even specifically in the public forum in preaching and in front of the church. So there's this pull, this this pressure that pastors feel to have to have it all together. And a lot of times we portray that unintentionally. I will give benefit of the doubt there, but we portray that in our preaching by not talking about how we struggle like our congregation does. Mm -hmm. We think that's the way we communicate to them. We're supposed to be this example And yet we don't realize that we're actually putting a a front forward that is not realistic. It's really not who we are. And at the same time, because of the nature of our ministry, we can't just put absolutely every sinful struggle we have in front of our church. That wouldn't be helpful to them. It would be overwhelming to them. And, uh, and, and, And as a lot of us joke, if you really knew me, you probably wouldn't want to be your pastor. But I mean, so where is... You know, where is the balance in all of these things? Can you kind of take us to the New Testament first and help us understand this balance 1st
1: Uh you try to do that, Brian. You, you know, there, you're really trying to deal with, there's not like one text that says this or that. You know, you obviously have a man like the Apostle Paul, who you, you see on the one hand, uh, he's a man who's able, he talks about that in present language, I am the chief of sinners, wretched man that I am. Depending on how you interpret that, some see that as a post-awakened, pre-converted Paul. So whatever you want to do with that, but I think many of us recognize that that resonates with our experience of the Christian life. There are things we want to do, we don't do. Galatians five: the Spirit lusts against the flesh, and flesh against the Spirit. That's obviously going to work itself out to some degree in testimony. You know that. You can't preach a text like that without saying, "Well, I know you all know what I'm talking, you know, but I don't know what I'm talking about." Right? Um, you, Brian, and prep. You were mentioning the, the text in uh, Hebrews thirteen seven, where you, Paul talks about, uh, sorry, the writer to Hebrews. Maybe Paul talks about the following the faith of those who are leaders, and and part of of real faith lived out is hey, the reality is that this is hard and that we struggle. And, and if that's never conveyed, then that that tells the people who hear they're looking at us or looking at the guy in the pulpit as somewhat of an example and it's like that guy never he is just his sto- his his own testimony is full of nothing but triumph and success oh, I was laboring for 40 minutes in prayer I was witnessing to 75 people some woman came in a modestly dressed Well, immediately I applied Job 31:1 I've made a covenant with my eyes I immediately turned away you know Something threw, tells me you've I heard threwish, that before, Jim. You know, you know whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving some examples yeah, of I'm yeah. preaching here. Yeah. But, you know, but and you think to yourself, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not my experience at all. Yeah. And, and and so, you know, you have a text like First uh, John 2 that says, you know, I write these things to you that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so part of our faith is, we're striving after holiness, but that we are also so thankful that we have a Redeemer. And if we're preaching to people the joys of justification by faith and being clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and there's a fountain open for sin and uncleanness, and there's a place where people who are weary and tired of their sins go, then we, there, there needs to be some testimony behind that, that that's not just a fountain I went to 40 years ago, but that they know that's a man up there who lives in our world, who faces our temptations, and who knows what it is to feel the need to keep clinging to Christ as a a Savior, to keep going to the Holy Spirit for power, who is – that's a real man uh, who lives in that world, and and there is some degree of experience in there that's like mine. Hmm. I think that can be be, uh, helpful to people that they know this is genuine. You know, I, I, I've I had people say in the past, you know, I've heard preachers say, oh, I'm such a terrible sinner in the pulpit, but it, it always seemed disingenuous. And, and there are people I know who, there are people I know uh, who will have a very sound orthodoxy about that we're sinful, but they never confess sin, they never admit sin, they never admit that they're wrong. Right. And so they're theoretically humble, mm-hmm. but they're not practically humble. Right.
0: And that's why this is an important topic for us to talk about. Here's here's the problem Jim is that is what you just captured. Too many pastors even if they'll give a nod to yeah, I'm a, I'm a sinner. Um, it nobody knows what that means. They don't ever really talk about what that's like in their life. And it like you said, it comes off incredibly disingenuous. And that is a major problem right now I think a lot of pastors have. I think some of them. I think some of it's just uh, pride and self righteousness. I think a lot of it is there's a fear that mm-hmm. I can't really show them who I am, and I think that's the real crisis in the midst of this. Is that pastors don't feel like they're, there's we're we're driven by fear so much in the ministry exactly right that we don't feel like we can be ourselves. That is a that's a tragedy.
1: Yeah. And Brian, that said against the backdrop of, you know, there really are pastoral qualifications and we have to make sure that we're not disqualified. And, th- you know, it's not like sure, you're saying, hey, true. listen, uh, I, was, I mean, I've been committing adultery myself. I know what it's like. You know, you don't, you know, you're not if you say that. Well, then you ought to be, you know, you ought to be out of there. Yeah, there's a problem. Uh, you know, I agree. and, you know, man, I know you like to beat your wives. I do, too. You know that, you know, that you, know, you say that that's like, oh, you know, that guy needs to be out of there. But the, when you say when, when when Peter wrote, he talked about fleshly lust, and he used this language that wage war against the soul. Yep, that's biography in there. Yeah, that, there's autobiography. Totally in there. right. He's not just totally saying right. that. Now, I I, I, now, I myself don't know what this is like, but I know some of you, obviously. It really looks like you're at war. Mm. He, he's a man, a married man, who knows what it's like to live in a world full of temptation, and he feels the power of that in his own life. You know, Paul does that in Romans. Uh, uh, there is um, woven throughout there. There is this, this acknowledgement that... And, and so the question is, sometimes you're going to feel... Well, let me back up. I think sometimes you're gonna you're gonna need to say things if you're gonna address certain topics as a as a pastor. If you're gonna preach to Ephesians five, and your marriage has hit a rough spot, and your wife's gonna hear you, oh yeah, and your kids are gonna hear you, yeah.
0: That's if rough. you
1: don't get up there and say something like, uh, "Brethren, mm-hmm. I am gonna I am gonna seek to accurately open up and authoritatively apply the Word of God." Hmm. I had to beg God's forgiveness and mercy because I thought, Lord, I can't preach this. I thought, who in the world am I to preach this? Because some of you know that uh, my wife went through a hard time recently, and uh, I emotionally I emotionally shut down. I did not wash her with the water of the word. I did not sacrificially love her. I've confessed that to her. She's sitting right here. Yeah. I've confessed that to her, and I'm confessing that to you. And I, I, and, and I am trusting in the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ to allow me to now come and share with you as a fellow struggler, yep. as a fellow pilgrim. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I do. And I it's think great. they might
0: need to say that. Well, that's that's what we're trying to capture here is that we have to – the goal is is to not portray – say nothing and portray this. I what I, tell, what I tell pastors all the time is unless you – your church will assume because they want to see you in this – high place. Uh, right. a lot of them are tempted to want to see you as they you don't struggle like they do right and and they will see that unless you let them know that's not the case and you you get specific on how that's the case that you're that you're just like them. If you don't do that, they will assume that you're still on that pedestal. so you you we have to talk about this at the same time, like you were saying, I mean we we have we we qualify with certain qualifications to be able to serve in this role. And hopefully we are in in different ways showing to be an example. And when we struggle with sin, that doesn't negate the areas that we're hopefully being an example in. In fact, to our point, we were talking about Hebrews 13, 7. Part of proving to be an example to the flock that Peter talks about in 1 Peter 5 and Hebrews 13, 7 that the writer says there, that we're to be an example to the flock. And one of the ways we have to be an example to the flock is what do you do when... When you sin and when you struggle and you hurt others around you by your sin, like we we have to we have to find some way to show our congregation one we're like them in that way. We harm our wives. We don't care for our children and shepherd them well all the time. We we have to bring those things up and be specific. So let's talk about how we find that balance because we're we're in agreement. I think most most listening would would agree with that statement. But how do we do it?
1: Uh, so you know, Paul says in the in Galatians, he says the flesh lusts against the spirit, it strives against it, strives to conquer. Okay, so there, there's a part of that we say, hey, I know what that's like, but we also have to have the other side of that, that the spirit lusts against the flesh, and that we are men engaged in warfare, and that we not only know the the the. Relief of that there's a fountain open for sin and uncleanness, but that we've also experienced the help and presence and power of the Holy Spirit and walking consistently and in victory because people need to see that too. Not a, they need to see a man that's able to say, I'm in this fight and God's helping me in this fight, and whatever it is whether it's anger or, or bitterness or, uh, you know, where you say, Listen, I'm going to talk today. So, Paul said. Uh, to the Thessalonians, the love of each one of you all toward another abounds. And you look at that and you go, man, if it weren't for two or three people in my church, I could say that, you know, mm. uh, because I struggle with, you know, the, you know so you might want to say, listen, I'm going to preach this text. I'm committed to loving you. Be open like that. And I'll be honest, you know, and the scriptures are honest. Some of you make it hard. And some of that's you, and some of that's me, and some of it's us, and you know, kind of how I respond to that. So when I'm going to when I'm going to preach this, I, I am letting you in on some of the way God is helping me to work through this. Uh, you know, in this way. Now that's a hard one because then people are going to think, does He mean me? Does He mean? <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, that one's interesting. I mean, I think yeah, you have to you have to be
0: re- careful. I would think on how you apply a yeah, text like that.
1: Okay. So uh, what about okay? Big thing lusts. Um, have I've been a Christian for 43 years have I ever had any battle or struggle with lust in 43 years yeah I, I have and you so you say that I hear some guys talk about that I'm going through a book right now with this guy and I've wrestled with it he in a sense he's so raw and honest about certain things I'm like oh yeah yeah you know even like dude I don't know if you should be in ministry with that you mm-hmm. know it, it, because he's just so open about he's talking about I, and there's another part of it I appreciate. Yeah. There's a, I appreciate the fact he's willing to put his life out there in that way, and I think in a way that a lot of men would not be. But when you say that, when you again say, say, listen, when, 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 when the writer of the Hebrews says there are sins that you know cast aside the sin that so easily uh, that weighs you down or entangles you, did it come to your mind, folks? Men, women, is there is there something that that just so easily seems to trip you up, and, and you you know you you say you know I want to get to the point I, I want to get to the point where I can read a text like that and and my conscience isn't doesn't immediately bring me one place or another, but again you're 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 letting it be known there's a whole dynamic there that part of the Christian life is warfare, you're in that warfare, but that warfare has again it, it's not purely. Saying, "I do all of this wicked stuff," and but I'm forgiven, so I can stand up there. There's also it's also that you know, if you by the Spirit are putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you'll live. And so there is also a testimony of this wrestling, and, and that, the, brethren, I'm not. I am not only telling you, I'm not merely here to preach to you that the blood of Jesus cleanses. I am telling you that Jesus is a Savior who is saving His people from their sin. And that He gives the Holy Spirit to help us and to empower us, so that we can be making strides against these things. Perfectly, no, of course not. But but the, that whole dynamic of the Christian life is is ought to be able to be understood, and that they understand that, and that our folks understand. Our pastor understands this warfare. I can go to him. And, and believe he's not going to just ream me out for whatever it is I'm struggling in, in with. So,
0: so here's how I think we do this. And and here's where I think we, we find the balance of since fear is the thing that a lot of times keeps us from sharing open and honestly mm-hmm. in front of the church, I think we have to figure out what's underneath that, that fear. Uh, and part of that is a fear of being judged by people. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we're talking practically about, okay, so we we agree, we need to be more open, we need to find that balance, how do we do that? I think the way we do that is we have to be comfortable with who we are in Christ, and that is, yeah, I struggle in this way, yeah, I struggle in that way, and and I'm taking it to the Lord, and I'm wrestling through things, I'm battling, as you're talking about, but part of the fear is, what are people going to think if I talk about mm-hmm. this? And in part, to that that was one of the hurdles for me. As I started sharing more openly about my struggles, that was a risk for me. It's a risk for any pastor who has to do that. And when I would do it, there was potential that I was being judged by people in that. But you know what else happened What I want people to, to hear is that m- the ministry changed for me. People started coming to me yeah. for care and help in ways they hadn't before because they genuinely said... Wow, he really does understand this, and and I also want to say that a lot of times we think in like these blunt like sin categories. One of the ways to find the balance to help people know that you struggle is not to just like confess all of your sins to people, Mm -hmm. is to let people know areas of your life that you struggle that show weakness. So one of the ways I do this that I found that I found very helpful at our church. Is I have a past in dealing in, in dealing with anxiety and having you know if you've had depression anxiety struggles to talk about that as a pastor mm. can be incredibly helpful to people just to to hear that's not necessarily a sin all you know it's it's that there's sin that's causing that's just you just struggle if you if you have trouble trusting the Lord if you struggle in your faith that you have doubt. And you start talking about that in a in a real honest way, that doesn't disqualify us from the ministry. It makes us a real human being, right? And so, I just want to put out there: as you're trying to think about a way to find this balance, you don't need to walk through. You don't need to walk through and articulate every lustful thought you had or every person that you got angry at in front of the church. That's 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 not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about being transparent about the inner struggle and the weaknesses that every pastor has. That where a lot of us are afraid to. To put in front of people, but if you're if you can't get over the fact that you know what, some people are going to judge you. Some people go, "Wow, you're you're weak," or right. well, You're well. I, I don't want to. That I but... thought you were stronger than that. And if you've ever been told that as a pastor, you need to look and go, "Well, I'm glad you know now. I, right. I really need Jesus, and I need him just as much as you do." Right. And now you see why. And a lot of those things, a lot of those things, don't at all teeter on. Well, that disqualifies me for the ministry. You know. You're, if you're committing adultery with another woman, you don't need to be in ministry. Exactly you need right. to. You need to. It's not like you're confessing a bunch of things that you're outing yourself. At the same time, this is not about put, put, putting every single thing out there. It's about putting enough out there that your congregation goes, "Wow, he's human. Yeah. He's weak. He's a sinner like me. And he really needs Jesus." Like whatever that is for you, that's what you want to put out there.
1: I think, Brian, one word of caution, just because maybe particularly with some younger guy uh, out there, uh, two words of caution. One is, uh, just to pick up on what you're saying, you know, we're not encouraging you to get up and just spiritually vomit all over the place. That's right. That's not helpful. And, and, and then the other thing is, don't, in your um, raw authenticity, throw other people under the bus. That's right. You know, don't get up there and say, you know, yeah, I'm struggling because, you know, honestly, it's because my wife has been, you know, well, you all know what she's like, you know, or uh, I've been dealing with some of y'all, and some of y'all are just, you know, and, and I admit I have not always responded well to y'all's sin and y'all's complaining, and you know that that's that's not the right time or place to maybe well, not ever to, and, and to say way, some of that publicly.
0: You gave that illustration earlier. I'll be honest. In this, I don't know. This may be a place where we would disagree but that doesn't that doesn't feel safe to me at all like even if i try to say to the church i haven't handled you know i haven't dealt with your complaining of me well that is a self-confession, but also is it's an accusation against right. them. Right, so you're using be, it
1: as a You're, you're, you're that's really ultimate. And what I'm getting is that you got to be cautioned that you're. You, no, I'm just trying to be real and authentic. And sure, what, you know what yeah. you're really doing is trying to stick it to somebody, your wife or your and circumstances you or your boss or.
0: And you don't want to look like it's a it's a passive way to try to do right, that, even right, in the midst right. of confession. So, any final word, Jim, on how how uh, pastors can find this balance of being real and authentic and yet still proving to be an example in the process of that.
1: Yeah, I I think we need to understand that the fact that you and I are sinners living in a real world who understand the dynamics of uh, a roaring lion seeking to devour us, who who live in an alluring world, who live out our pilgrimage in a dangerous place where we occasionally are wounded or take shrapnel, uh, in that does not disqualify us in and of itself from leading and shepherding. In fact, I think it may be part of what ultimately allows us to be good leaders uh, among, among the Lord's people. And um, you know, Paul, Paul at one at the same time can say, I'm the chief of sinners," And yet also say that I strive always in light of the coming resurrection to maintain a conscience void of offense before God and man. That's good. And it doesn't mean that he didn't sin, but it meant that he dealt with it. And so as I, you know, I quoted earlier from first John, yeah, none of us want to sin. I hope you don't want to sin. You don't want to sin, but if you do sin, that, that we you have an advocate. And 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 brother, when you preach about that advocate, let your people know that, that you're not just saying to them, Hey, sinner man out there, there's an advocate for sinners, but but dear, you know, dear, struggling, striving child of God, the righteous who fall seven times and arise. Um You know, this may may it be. You know, so when you preach that, you're you are you're you're not preaching an unknown savior that you don't go to and cling to. It's good.
0: My final word on this is a real practical word: tell self incriminating stories in your sermons. (laughs) There's a practical word, like like, to to your point. A lot of times, pastors will put themselves as the example in a positive light. I think that's unhelpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think. Tell self-incriminating stories on you, and if you're willing to to do that, if nothing else, it it humanizes you to the congregation, I think, and endure and makes you enduring to them. It's like, oh yeah, he does boneheaded things like like I do. It may not be a specific sin, but I've
1: tried to do that by telling incriminating stories about you. Yeah, and I realize that problem. Well, no wonder I feel enough.
0: so loved by your church. Actually, so <laughs> on that note, I'm going to pray that. Uh, that, um, that pastors will be able to find this balance because it's a really important balance to be authentic before your people and yet to realize that you that we have to we can't just share everything so let me pray that you'll find that balance. Lord, would you be at work at every pastor who, who's listening that they would uh, know how to find that balance? Mm-hmm. We know Lord, that you want us to be real and honest and authentic before you. And in that, we have a security and a safety in Christ that we can be just ourselves in front of everybody, including our churches. So, Lord, every pastor, would you help them to be able to find that balance, to not fear what congregation would think and judge on them because of the joy we have in being set free and forgiven by you. So, Lord, we pray you'd empower us and help us to face and deal with that fear, whatever keeps us from being our true self in front of our people and ultimately before you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.